and the Word became flesh and lived among us. Happy Christmas, Cathedral Church. It gives me a lot of joy to be here celebrating with you this Sunday. It is the first Sunday after Christmas. It is the first Sunday in which we celebrate God's breaking into this world through a small child in Bethlehem. And sweetly enough, this is the last Sunday of the year 2020. Five more days, people, we can do this. What's the worst that could happen? Just kidding. We are nearly through this year, a year in which darkness has seemed to permeate every part of our lives, a year in which so much was lost. We lost family, and we lost friends, and we lost time to gather together and worship together. But with 2020 coming to an end, let us look expectantly to a new year. Who knows what God has in store for us in 2021? Let us remember, this is a God who chose to reveal themselves, not as nobility or royalty, but as a child born to peasants. Let us remember, this is a God who chose to reveal themselves not in a castle or a kingdom but in a cattle shed, in a manger. Let us remember this is a God who showed up not surrounded by wealth or armed guards, but instead was surrounded by humble shepherds, perhaps farm animals. Who knows how God may reveal God's self in 2021? And so, in this last week of the year, it's only fitting that we celebrate the beginning of this new year with a gospel passage that harkens back to the beginning, the first stories of our creation. St. John does not begin his gospel in Bethlehem. There are no shepherds and wise men in this introduction to his gospel. Instead, John writes his gospel beginning with a cosmic narrative that echoes so much of what we see in the very first book of Genesis. The first chapter of John is fraught with references to the creation story. Take a look with me. The passage opens with that bold and famous text that we all know, in the beginning. There are all things coming into being through God in this text, just as it was in the Genesis text. And there is light appearing out of darkness. John's gospel is a continuation of the creation theme. The text shouts to us once more the good news that God created earth and that God loves his creation. All of this is visible in the arrival of Jesus of Nazareth. And this is proclaimed in one sweet, and beautiful phrase, and the word became flesh and lived among us. And the word became flesh and lived among us. Much like we look ahead to a new year with new possibilities, a time of resolu resolutions and new beginnings, 
So the season of Christmas is a time of new creation. It is a celebration of God taking on new forms to signify old and ancient truths. God created the world. God loves creation. Through the word becoming flesh, God's love for creation is on full display. Through Jesus, one can see God aching to experience creation through creation's own eyes. This arrival in Nazareth, this arrival in Bethlehem, God wants to get closer. That's what it's telling us. God is yearning to be with humans. He is yearning to sweat, to eat, to touch, to feel joy or anger or sadness. Through Jesus, God is aching to know the pains that come with hunger and thirst, to experience the grief of isolation, to experience the fragility of what it means to have a human body. In Jesus, through the word becoming flesh, God seems to exchange divinity for humanity. God becomes human so that humans might become more like God. God puts on the garments of humanity so that humans might for a brief moment or even aspire to put on the, the garments of the divine. The word became flesh and lived among us. This past semester in seminary, I took a course on liturgics. And through that course, we discussed each of the sacraments and the sacramental rites of the Episcopal Church. The sacraments of Eucharist and baptism. The sacramental rites of marriage and burial and confirmation, ordination, reconciliation, and unction. In the back of your Book of Common Prayer, you will find that there is a very neat and tidy definition of a sacrament. The definition reads that a sacrament is an outward and visible sign of inward and spiritual grace. And while I really like that phrase and how scholarly and tidy and concise it is, I think it lacks some of the awe and wonder that St. John provides us with today through that one sweet and beautiful phrase, which illustrates perfectly God's love of creation. And the word became flesh and lived among us. I think that's a way more apt definition or description of a sacrament, the word becoming flesh. You see, with the sacraments and sacramental rites that we have in our church, we are given glimpses of God in ourselves and in our community. Through Eucharist and baptism, the word becomes flesh and lives among us. Through marriage, burial, reconciliation, unction, ordinations, confirmations, the word becomes flesh and lives among us. These rituals, which we have not been able to celebrate fully for many months now, are so important because they allow us a window to see God at work in our very world. 
I grieve the fact that we have not been able to worship and, and celebrate these sacraments and sacramental rites the way that we normally would this year. I lament all of the missed times that we've had gathered in this space. I lament learning about sacraments and sacramental rites while not even really being able to practice them. I yearn to break bread and drink wine with each of you. I long to gather and raise our voices in song. But while we may not be able to celebrate sacraments and sacramental rites the way that we would like to, I think we should be careful because we might overlook one unbelievable and majestic truth about sacraments and sacramental rites. The truth is that through God's breaking into this world through a child in Bethlehem, through God's unfathomable entry into personhood through Jesus of Nazareth, by God taking on personhood, God and God's self have made human beings a sacrament. The Word became flesh and lived among us. We are sacraments. We, mere human beings, through Jesus, are tangible outward signs of an inward and spiritual grace. I want you to sit with that for a second. Through Jesus, you are made a vessel of divine grace. You. You understand the implications of this? Do you comprehend what it means to realize that you are made in the sacramental image of God? And that the person sitting across from you right now, next to you right now, in this church or in your home, they are made in the sacramental image of God. The little squares of people on your Zoom call tomorrow, each of those people are made in the sacramental image of God. The homeless, those sleeping under bridges and along the French Broad River tonight in the freezing cold, the prisoners, the police, the protesters in the streets, the Republicans, the Democrats, the ardent followers, the unbelievers, those sick with COVID-19, those taking care of them. They are all sacramental images of God. How might this knowledge transform our world? How might your behavior change knowing that you and everyone you know is made in the image of God? That every human being you pass on the street is a manifestation of the Word made flesh. For Catholic monk and theologian Thomas Merton, the realization of this fact and its implications hit him one afternoon as he walked down a busy street in Louisville, Kentucky. In his autobiography, The Seven-Story Mountain, Thomas Merton writes, At the corner of 4th and Walnut, in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all of these people. 
that they were mine and I theirs, and that we could not be alien to one another, even though we were total strangers. It was like waking from a dream of separateness, of spurious self-isolation in a special world. This sense of liberation from an illusory difference was such a relief and such a joy to me that I almost laughed out loud. I had the immense joy of being a human, a member of the human race in which God himself became incarnate. As if the sorrows and stupidities of the human condition could overwhelm me now, now that I realize what we all are. And if only everybody could realize, realize this, writes Merton, but it cannot be explained. There is no way of telling people that they are all walking around, shining like the sun. As Merton tells us, the implications of this realization are profound. A sacramental worldview can change how we see one another. It can change how we see ourselves. It can change how we act and how we talk and how we interact with one another. Do you recognize that everyone you meet is walking around bathed in light, shining like the sun? Do you recognize that everyone you meet is a sacramental image of God, just as worthy as you of receiving grace upon grace upon grace? If the answer to that question is no, these next few days of 2020 are a perfect time to ask yourself why. At the start of this Christmas season and on the cusp of a new year, I bid you all to recognize the divinity of the human condition, only made possible by the Word made flesh. I bid you to harness this sacramental worldview granted by Christ, which enables us to awaken from any illusion that we may have of separateness. I bid you to lean into the invitation of Jesus' incarnation to see that everyone in this world is holy. Everyone in this world is sacramental, brimming with inward and spiritual grace. A new year stands before us, bursting with shocking and unpredictable ways in which God will reveal God's self. What will you do, knowing that the Word became flesh and lived among us? That the Word became flesh and lives among us still? What will you do as you embody that great truth of Christmas? that through the Word made flesh, we are all made beloved children of God, that through the Incarnation, we are all sacrificed.